Welcome to the Sustainable Futures Report for Wednesday the 7th of December. I'm Anthony Day. Last week we spoke about the future and we agreed that whatever the future holds we shouldn't be prevented from doing everything we can to make the world a better place. There is an obsession with economic growth and increasing argument about whether it's possible. There's no doubt that growth requires more materials and that materials on Earth are finite. The idea of the circular economy is to use, reuse and recycle materials to minimise the amount that we have to take from virgin resources. In an ideal world, there is no such thing as waste. When something is finished with, it becomes an input to a new process. We're very far from achieving that, but there are people working hard to make it a reality. People like those at the Material Library of India. And it's about a lot more than just collecting things up after they have been thrown away. Recently, I spoke to Shubhi Sachin, founder of the Material Library of India. By the way, if you're reading this on the website, you'll find that the transcript of our interview, prepared by the good people at the Material Library, is more of an overview rather than a verbatim copy. If you listen to the audio, you'll realise that I'm not nearly as peremptory as it might appear. This is how it went. I'm talking today to Shubhi Sachan, founder of the Material Library of India. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you for having me on board. The Material Library of India is a consultancy specialising in research and design, looking at waste and how we can make best use of it. But let me ask you, please, to expand on that. When we say we are a research and design consultancy and we focus only on waste, we primarily mean that people do not need to look at recycling as the only solution when they're looking or handling or finding solutions for waste. People need to understand that once the damage is done, that's only a damage control situation. Whereas once you start the process, process at the stage of inception, that means you reiki your entire process and then understand how at every stage waste reduction can happen that gives you a better understanding that how do you produce a material from your assembly line, from your production line, which can be handled in the best possible manner. Right now, you're just producing something and you want solution of it without even knowing if the right kind of solution exists or not. So that's essentially coming into research and design space. Whereas when you say recycling, recycling is a space where you just know that you have to find a solution of this problem. And, and that's it, that, that the conversation has to end there. So first of all, you're looking at reducing waste within the manufacturing process and then finding yes. some use for that waste which remains. Yes, that's correct. So this is very much in in the spirit of the circular economy, which says there is no waste. This is all uh, material for the next process. Exactly. Right now, we're just doing a damage control kind of a thing. We, uh, as humans, we are thinking recycling is the solution. Recycling is is essentially covering up for our mistakes. 
recycling is not the solution. We haven't designed materials to be recycled. We haven't right. understood them. We haven't understood their chemistry or we haven't understood how to make amalgamate them in a way or how to marry them in a way that they can be separated or not and so on and so forth. So how are you at the Material Library of India addressing this challenge? Um, this is a very uh, simple process. We are using the existing set of machineries so which are very much available in the production line setups. We're just tweaking how do we use them and how do we make them uh, fit into our kind of understanding. Uh, we are collaborating with a subject matter expert. So for example, if you're working with a polymer, um, with a polymer-based waste, you uh, collaborate with a polymer technologist, you collaborate with powder uh, metallurgist, you collaborate with a uh, with different kind of specialist on particular subject. However, all their life, they have dedicated most of the work they have built upon, they have dedicated it to finding new things. They have not looked at recycling. So when you steer the direction of the same wealth of knowledge, into recycling direction that's where you're intervening and controlling the way you want your systems to happen and that's how you validate also what you're doing is actually making sense so being more specific which waste streams are you actually involved in working with somehow uh, we have um, a huge amount of textile waste uh, uh, projects coming our way. Uh, we are dealing with various kinds of projects uh, within the textile genre. And uh, along with that, we of course have a lot of uh, plastic based uh, uh, materials to solve the query of. Yes, you talk about um, on your website, you talk about the range of plastics and some of which are non-recyclable and you focus in on the non-recyclable uh, materials and on finding a new use for them how, how successful is that uh, it is successful uh, provided people um, so far at lab level it is very much doable at uh, handloom production level when you're trying to produce some things out of it it is very much doable but when you're trying to scale it up I think especially with the post-consumer when you're talking about, we're talking about waste in two sections. So people who are listening, it's um, post-industrial waste and post-consumer waste. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about post-industrial, it's rather fairly easy because you have the data sheet in place, you have the materials cleanliness in check, and so on and so forth. It's as good as your industrial output. But whereas when you talk about post-consumer, the quantities to justify one kind of machine process also becomes a challenge. Like that's the first step. Forget about having the data sheets, forget about material coming from which kind of water streams and all those things. Those are secondary, but to have one kind of nature of material to feed the machinery also becomes a challenge. So post-consumer is rather fairly challenging, whereas post-industrial becomes fairly easy when you put uh, the right kind of juxtaposition of uh, different kind of uh, industrial scenarios in place. So presumably post-consumer waste is mixed up, contaminated, and it has to be sorted. Now, does that not have um, a very significant cost implication? 
It does. It does. When it comes to uh, post-consumer, I think uh, the cost implication is in so many dimensions that it's not only economic cost, it's it's cost at various levels. So um, I think that's why EPR uh, has come into play, especially in plastic industry. EWM, plas Plastic Waste Management. EPR is uh, Anthony Extended Producers Responsibility. Uh -huh. So EPR has come into play across uh, various countries now. Uh, I mean, it's very much in, um, applied on ground in India as well. And it's a huge deal if you don't imply with extended producer responsibility norms. And it's constantly being amended because that's a fresh playground every government is trying to make uh, rules for. So, uh, yes, it's uh, it's uh, very much uh, implemented in India as well. And uh, uh, people have to adhere by it. And that kinds of, if, if done fairly by any corporate, that kinds of gives a sense to people that whether it's their waste or not, they have to recycle a certain number of uh, uh, produce they have put out in the market or put out in the environment. So now in that case, it becomes easy to communicate to the brands that design flaws can be corrected easily when it comes to the recyclability of any kind of material. So rather than just saying that I want to make everything blue and I have to have a packaging which is this, 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 versus the other brand saying a completely different material story, if they have to recycle other brands' materials also because under EPR, Extended Producer Responsibility, they can't go and fetch only their brands' produce. They have to they have to recycle a certain amount. So that amount, that number, that quantity has to match. And in that case, it's easier to communicate to the brands and to tell them that can you can you not bring these kind of design flaws at one page, and and come to a mutual ground, especially in FMCG sector, uh, where uh, the goods are pretty common. It's just a matter of competition. So uh, can you not bring everything at one ground? So the recyclability is far better than what it is right now. You've been working with some quite big, well-known brands, haven't you? Yes. Luckily, we have. Yeah. When we started, yes, I was speaking Russian and Hebrew to most people. But uh, I think, uh, and I have been asked from uh, people all across the globe that how come India is responding, even responding to this kind of a subject. But luckily, yes, I have been earning my bread and butter out of this for past 10 years. Okay. And you've got a, quite a diverse portfolio because one of the things you talk about on your website is a living seed library. Tell, tell us a little about that. So um, before I directly jump on seed library, uh, sustainability as a whole, when we talk about, it's not a rocket science in my understanding. Uh, whatever, however deeper I dig, it's just living consciously. And once you start to live consciously, it starts with pretty basic fundamental things of life. And that's how when the seed library project came to us it made complete sense because when you're working with agricultural waste we are seeing that there is a huge gap between people checking out this kind of waste versus they knowing that this is the part of the plant which holds the seed as well most people don't know which aspect 
of that particular plant holds the seed? And what are the other variation apart from the mainstream cash crops made circulated in the market? So, um, so yeah, when IKEA reached out for a seed library communication piece, uh, we were happy to do it because uh, it was uh, it is a very strong uh, aspect, a very strong dimension of sustainability, which tell people out that how to be self reliant and how to how to understand your own food cycle to be able to relate to it better, to be able to reduce your footprint, and to be able to be healthy while consuming and understand what it takes to bring that much of portion of food to your table. On the other hand, a lot of your work has been done with the fashion industry, hasn't it? Yes. I guess that's why we have been reached out for uh, a lot of textile projects. Yeah, because in fact, you you um, you have a, an MA in Material Futures from one of the big uh, design Martins. colleges, St. Martin's in London. Yes. 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 You say you talk to companies uh, across the world. Yes. Right now we have uh, quite global clientele. We have like mostly uh, Australia, Netherlands, India, um, Wales, Germany. So that's th those are our clients right now. That's great. You find you're pushing on a, an open door. Are people willing to listen? As I said, like when I started, I think I was... Uh, not only that I was uh, trying and people were not understanding, of course, my brief has also got rationaled up, like it's got tighter and tighter over the years. So um, the more clearer the rationale and more clear the objective is, it's easy to communicate that. So I guess, yes, uh, over the years, I have been telling people forcefully, willingly, or, or whichever manner, that this is important, let's do it. So does and that they have to you... shell out some kind of money for it. It doesn't happen only under an NGO or a non-profit kind of a tag, only it has to have a cost. Yes, yes. So does that leave you optimistic for the future, that, that, uh, that corporations... And the corporations, many of them, are notorious for greenwashing. But are, are, are you um, optimistic that, in fact, their words will be followed by proper, responsible actions? I would say yes to that question if it's a yes and no. But if I have to add a justification to it, I would say the task is much bigger. The way we are polluting is way more it's enormous and in, in, in gigantic problems and so on and so forth. But I'm glad that every single minute of my work life is dedicated to fixing the problem, not being a part of the problem. And at the same time, we are letting people know that how not to get greenwashed. So that's, that's one very important aspect of us trying to communicate to people that how this is not fully justified versus there are other better solutions as well. Is there a final message you'd like to share with the listeners to the Sustainable Futures Report? The final message is something uh, very simple, that sustainability is conscious living. And uh, no matter how complicated sometimes it gets, like for our research process or whatever we are doing, but sustainability is consciously living. And it starts from very, very simple acts, which we begin with within our boundaries of home and within our boundaries of our own self and of being.
So that's how simple it is. And we have to start understanding that and stop being, living like we have been pushed and we are rolling over. Shubhi Sashan, thank you very much for talking to the Sustainable Futures Report. Thank you so much. My thanks to Shubhi Sachan, founder of the Material Library of India. Thanks too to you for listening and also to my loyal patrons who support the Sustainable Futures Report so that it remains independent and ad-free. As I've said before, if you like it, please tell your friends. If you don't like it, please tell me. Actually, so far, I've not had any serious criticism, but I know I can always do better. And I'm very grateful for the suggestions and ideas which I receive from time to time. I'll do my best to follow them up. Although the programme is largely set well into the new year now. Next week's episode is an interview with Stacy Savage, the Texas trash talker. I know you've all been waiting for this. This interview is about another aspect of waste. Stacy's objective is to help her clients achieve zero waste. Learn all about it next week. That was the Sustainable Futures Report. I'm Anthony Day. Until next time.